Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Hebrews chapter 2. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard Him. God also testified to it by signs wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. It is not to angels that He has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking. But there is a place where someone has testified, What is mankind that you are mindful of them, a son of man that you care for him? You made them a little lower than the angels, you crowned them with glory and honor, and put everything under their feet." In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters in the assembly. I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here am I and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become merciful and faithful as a high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Verse 1, We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. Now, just two things on that first. We must pay careful attention to what we've heard. This, of course, is uh, referring the reader back to the first chapter of Hebrews, where we found out that Jesus is greater than any prophet. He's the Son of God. He is Lord. He's called God. He's the exact representation of God. And so Jesus is fully presented as someone holy on par with the God of Israel. Remember, this is a letter to Jews from a Jew. And so, since Jesus, the words of Jesus and the life of Jesus have been attested to in the first chapter, in the second chapter, it starts out that we must pay the most careful attention to what he had to say. And then it says, so that we do not drift away. Now, this addition of so that we do not drift away indicates that it's possible 
for us to drift away from the truth uh, once we've heard the truth. So we must continue to put careful attention on the words of Christ and the life of Christ and the teachings of Christ and the teachings about Christ so that we do not drift away. Verse 2, For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? And of course, the great salvation is referring to that through the cross of Jesus Christ. Previously, the message spoken through angels was the word of God that came through the Old Covenant prophets, and it was binding, and every violation was was punished by God. And so the writer of Hebrews is saying if we ignore the teaching of Jesus, if we ignore the salvation of Jesus, which is a much greater promise to us than the Old Covenant contained, how shall we avoid being punished? And so this salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. And so this this verse 3, confirmed to us by those who heard him. In other words, the writer of Hebrews was not among the first apostles. You know, we talked about the possibility of different authorship. And this says that the writer of the document was not someone who was an eyewitness to the words of Christ. It says the words of Christ were confirmed to us by those who heard him. So this, once again, uh, points to Paul or Apollos or perhaps one of the others that I mentioned previously. Verse 5, it is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we're speaking. So this is about the world to come. But there's a place where someone has testified, what is mankind that you're mindful of them, a son of man that you care for him? You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. And in putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we don't see everything subject to to man. And so Jesus and and, uh, the destiny of believers is in view here, that ultimately the world to come will be subject to Jesus and those who are his brothers and sisters, spiritually speaking. So Jesus, um, in the days of his flesh, came as a man. He did not operate as part of the Godhead. But he is once again ascended into heaven at his rightful place at the, uh, the right hand of God the Father. Verse 9, we do see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor, because he suffered death so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. And if this is speaking of the vicarious atonement, the vicarious punishment that he took for us, the sacrificial death that he took for us so that... Um, we might escape from eternal death and eternal separation from God. The Lord Jesus uh, laid down for a little season his divinity and came lower than the angels as a human being and suffered death for us so that he might taste death for me and for you uh, so that we would not have to. doesn't mean that we escape the grave. This is talking about eternal death and separation from God. Now, reading In verse 11 and following, I'm going to read verse 11 and 12 and 13, but I want to tell you what it says before I read it. It talks about us being brothers and sisters of the Lord. We're brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. And the Lord makes us a holy people like he's holy. And so um, with that in mind, verse 11, both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, 
I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here am I and the children God has given me. So friends, you and I are the brothers and sisters and the children uh, that God has given to Jesus. He has made us holy as he's holy by his precious blood, not by our righteous behavior, but by his sinless life and his atoning blood. We've been made holy by the blood of Jesus Christ. When God the Father sees us, he sees the righteousness of Christ. He does not see our our old sin nature. He doesn't see our flesh. He doesn't see our shortcomings. He sees Jesus, who makes us holy too, because we're his brothers and sisters. And God has given us to Jesus as more children of God, more sons of God. Jesus became human to do these things. He had to become human to redeem humans from sin and death. Verse 14, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all of their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. And so once again, friends, that's me and you. Jesus came as a man to redeem men from their sins. He couldn't do it from his position seated in the heavens. He had to come as our kinsman redeemer to redeem us from the fall of man. In other words, he had to come as a man to redeem men. He had to come in flesh and blood. He shared in our humanity, and then he shared in the process of death so that he might break the power of the one who holds death over us, that is the devil, to free all of us who were once held in slavery by our fear of death. Christians uh, should have no fear of death. That doesn't mean we should give into it willingly. A death is an enemy. It's not our friend. The Bible says very clearly that death is an enemy, and uh, the last enemy to be overcome will be death. But Jesus has freed us, not from natural death, but from slavery to the fear of death. We have to go through a natural death to enter eternal life. It's almost like a second birthing process. You and I were born of our mothers to come into this world, and the birth into the next existence, if you can follow my, my logic or my comparison, is our natural death. We die on this side of the grave, our old life dies, and we're shifted into our new life in Christ, which is eternal life, at the point of our death. Positionally, we already entered into eternal life once we've been born again. But in actual experience, we must pass through death to get there. And so we should have no fear of death because of what Jesus, our kinsman redeemer, did for us. Verse 16, for surely it's not angels he helps, But Abraham's descendants, for this reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So friends, maybe today you're suffering from a powerful temptation. Maybe you have a weakness of the flesh, or maybe you've been tempted to do something immoral, illegal, unethical. Uh, You know, whatever it is that the temptation that's befallen you, what tempts you might not tempt someone else. What tempts me might not tempt you. But we're all tempted, and Jesus was tempted, and yet he didn't sin. He came and he operated as a human being in every way, He was tempted so that he could help those who are being tempted. Lord, I just pray for your help, both for myself and for those who are listening. 
Lord, you are our Redeemer. You're our kinsman after the flesh. But you're also the mighty God who saves. You're now seated on high. And Lord, I ask that you would help us to resist temptation. Help each and every person who's listening to this, who is being tempted to overcome the temptation. Lord, we know the devil is not our friend and death is not our friend. We pray, God, that you would give us courage, and even in the face of death. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.